everybody. Welcome to Best Thoughts. I'm Rick Johns. And I'm Will Johns, and we are very, very excited to bring to a conclusion our summer fitness series by talking about spiritual fitness. And this is the culmination of our entire summer fitness series. But before we get into it, Rick, I have something very important that I need to to come over and do. So hold on a second. Oh boy. May the foul demons that possess this mic be cast out! Why, hey, what's going on here, Will? Oh my goodness. He just did an exorcism on my microphone, I believe. So the the background story to that uh, for our listeners wondering why I would do such a thing is we actually recorded this entire episode and then found out that uh, we had a setting wrong on Rick's mic that made him sound like he was in a cave. Uh, and so now we're, we're doing it again. And we should say in, in defense of your exorcism, when I listened to the previous recording, I did sound like the devil. Uh, kind of this deep, scary, reverb voice coming out of a cave. It, it was uh, a little bit of a horror movie-ish kind of vibe. So probably better to re-record and uh, give us a chance to do this episode a little better. And we saved the best for last. We really did. Because spiritual fitness is really what it's all about. Yeah. You can't really be spiritually fit and have your life be a mess in all of those other areas. It doesn't really, like if you're spiritually fit, all that other stuff is just going to work out. I think it motivates you. It, it kind of harmonizes all areas. Uh, to me, I think of spirituality very broadly. And I just heard someone the other day on a podcast say, there's no difference between personal growth and spiritual growth. And I really like that because we try to separate it, but it's really a false distinction. And if you're getting emotionally fit, mentally fit, uh, physically fit, all these really tie into the spiritual and the spiritual really ties into them. You're absolutely right, Rick, because without spirituality, we're going to constantly be disturbed by our outside world. Yeah. The outside world is going to irritate us. It's going to get under our skin. It's going to disappoint us. It's going to infuriate us. I mean, just look at the news this last week, and I'm not going to say what it is in case somebody's listening to this a year later. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what Whatever the news was this last week. Yes. (laughs) It's bad. It's always bad. You know it's bad. You know it's infuriating. You know it's an outrage. You know it's evil. You know it should have never happened. Yeah. But that's the world that we're living in. And human nature, don't be hard on yourself if this is the way you are because we're all this way. The human nature is to want more of what's good and less of what we don't like. Yeah. So we want more of what we want and less of what we don't want. Yes. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Except that the focus in that case is on the outward world having to be a certain perfect way, or we can't be okay inside. Wow, that's profound. 
I think that is where many people are, and they're trying to find, and, and me too, we try to find our happiness in this world. We try to find love in this world. We try to find meaning and purpose. And if I can just get this, if I can just accomplish that. And spirituality is an inner journey. It's about the heart. It's about the connection with the divine. And when we get that right, then it allows us to face reality. But if yes. we don't get that right, then we're always fighting reality. And man, let me tell you who's going to win that battle. And it starts with the letter R, <laughs> reality. <laughs> reality does not change for anyone. The, the other thing I like, I heard someone say the other day is, you know, we get disturbed about reality, but it's already happened. Yeah. It's done. <laughs> you, yeah. You just can't go back in time and change it. We all would love to do that. Sure. But we don't have that option. And so spirituality doesn't mean we sit back and just let all the bad stuff happen to us and say it's fine. But it does mean that we accept reality as it is. Yeah. We accept what's already happened as having already happened. Yeah. And we recognize I don't need to waste energy being disturbed by something that's already happened. What I need to do is connect to something bigger than myself. Exactly. And when I do that, now I know what to do in the present. Yeah. So instead of being upset about the past or anxious about the future, I connect to something bigger than me, and then we know what to do in the moment. Yeah. And it's that inner journey that's so important. It's that inner connection. It's hard to put into words, but I think all of us have tasted it at some moment in our life, mm -hmm. even if it's just in a moment looking at a sunset or a waterfall or some beautiful mountains or just something that, that puts you in connection with something bigger, more beautiful, more loving, more gracious, more good, something with more energy and purpose. And it just, it just expands your mind. And so spirituality gives you the tools to live every day. It gives you that non-external strength. Yeah, and the beauty of spirituality is it's non-physical. Yes. And so it's within each of us. Jesus taught that the kingdom of God is within you. Mm -hmm. There's this powerful spiritual force that's inside of each of us that gives us strength and purpose it gives us something that is bigger than we are. Yeah. And at its core, and this is a teaching of Jesus and probably many other religious teachers, but Jesus made a very strong and clear point that at its core, it's about love. Yes. You're loved, therefore you can love others. And it's really, you know, it's crazy when you say it, but it really is that simple. Yes, yes. We're the ones that make it complicated. We're the ones that need everything, this and that, and I can't believe this happened, and I need to fix it, and I need that. And no, listen, you're loved. When you're loved, think about a time when you were in love. Will, can you remember a time when you were in love? Yeah, oh, yes. And yeah, what and, is that like? And when we're, when we're in that state, we feel good yeah. inside. Yeah. It's one of the best feelings. 
fact, one simple practice we can talk about, we'll talk about maybe a little later, is saying a word or a phrase to redirect us spiritually. Mm-hmm. And one of the phrases I like is, I am loved. Perfect. I am loved. Yeah. I mean, I know that's true. I know I'm loved by God. I know I'm loved by certain people in my life. But do you know how often I forget that during the day? Yeah, or or don't live that way. <laughs> or don't don't live like that. Yeah. Yeah, you might mentally know it, but experientially you live like you have to hustle for your worth. That's a phrase Brene Brown uses that I love. We're always out there trying to prove ourselves, trying to make others think we're good or great, or and and we don't need to. We're already loved. It's all taken care of. And Will, I remember when I was in love in college. I remember I skipped a class to be with my lover and that took so much courage because I was a real stickler about my grades and being at class and taking notes and not missing. But that's what love did. Like I no longer cared about the externals. I just, I was in love and that's all that mattered. And to be with my lover was all that mattered. And, and that kind of love, it just doesn't matter what's going on in the outside world. All of a sudden, all that stuff fades. You're happy for no reason, (laughs) except that you're in love. I remember one of the first times spent together that I had with my wife, Lori. We were living in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we drove down to Atlanta. And so when you think of driving somewhere, it's usually kind of like, yeah, whatever, you know, ho-hum. But for me, the drive was magnificent. You know, Mm. like it was fantastic. (laughs) <laughs> I felt I, I was able to enjoy a mundane experience yeah. at a very high level, probably the highest level, because of love. Of course. And so spirituality works very similar to this. Now, the one distinction to make is like, we're not going to feel like high all the time in yeah. spirituality. But one of the ways that we know spirituality is working in our life is when we're doing something mundane, when we're just going about regular life and we feel good inside. Yeah. And just the other day, you know, I'm driving down the road, coming home from work, and I just felt good. Yeah. For basically no reason. And that's how I knew that spirituality was working in my life. And and let me just make a note here that Anybody can feel good doing something fun or something they love or when life's going really great. But that's not an indication of high spiritual attainment or enlightenment. Right. Uh, That's just, you know, life going well and you enjoying it. The beauty of true spirituality and true spiritual growth is when you can enjoy, like you said, the mundane things. I mean, anyone can go off to a quiet place meditate and feel good or be off in nature in a beautiful spot. That's all well and good, but don't, I don't think we should look at that as true spirituality. I think those are spiritual experiences. They have their time and place. But to me, true spirituality is that interaction with life. And how are you letting life teach you? How are you letting God show up in your life and grow you so that you can just flow with it. You can let the love come into every experience, the joy, the peace. You know, Paul in Galatians 5 says, these are the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace. So if you have that spiritual connection, 
these are the things that should be in your life. Love, joy, peace, and he lists some others. But those, are, those three are, are enough to work on for your entire life. Absolutely, Rick. And, and you're right on in that when we start to find this inward strength, this inward experience of connecting to God, connecting to love, connecting to the beauty of spirituality, we will feel this love, this joy, this peace, sense of, of hopefulness. We're going to feel that even when the circumstances don't warrant it. Uh, the other day I was, I was checking in on, on how my um, uh, retirement stock portfolio is doing, <laughs> and it was in the toilet. It was terrible. <laughs> but in, in the set, even in that moment... I had this sense of peace because I realized the outward doesn't have to be exactly the way I think it should be for me to be okay inwardly. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I realized also in that moment, like, this is God teaching me not to rely on physical things for me to feel okay. Yeah. Not to rely on money to feel okay, not to rely on my accomplishments to be okay. And so the spiritual journey is really about letting go of my need to control everything yeah, and get my outward world to line up just right, right, or else I'm not okay. It's, it's trusting God that I'm actually okay at every moment, every yep. moment of every day. Yep. yep. I am actually okay. And let's just acknowledge that's one of the hardest things to do. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Very difficult to look at your stock portfolio, hear the flushing sound, see all that you've worked for going down the drain and say, you know what? I'm okay. But that's exactly the place our spiritual journey can take us. And it's a, it's a gift to get to that place where I can be okay no matter what is happening all around me. Yeah, I think it's so important. And the, the other way that we know that spirituality is working is when you do good that you don't feel like doing. And, mm. and when I see myself do this, you know, you could kind of see yourself doing something, right? You could kind of step back and be like, oh, I'm watching myself do this thing. And when I see myself doing something good when I don't feel like it, I know it's God. I yeah. know it's not me. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm only capable of doing what I feel like doing. Yeah. You know, what's comfortable, what's easy, what you know, but you know, we, we learn we learn this kind of discipline when you're whenever you're a parent and you have a child that is, you know, screaming and crying at three in the morning. Yeah. You don't feel like getting up and changing their diaper and feeding them. Right. <laughs> but you do it. Exactly. You just do it because yeah. you know that's what needs to be done. And there's, there's almost always some situation in our lives where something is required of us, whether it be our children or if you're at that age like I am where the parents may need some extra help and caregiving. Mm-hmm. It may be a neighbor. It may be a relative. It may be a friend. There's always someone God puts in our life so that we can kind of be a blessing to them. That's how I see it as well. When I look at people, and sadly, as a pastor, I've had to do 
a number of funerals. The people who always had the biggest attendance, whose life had made the biggest impact in the world, were those who, guess what? Served others. Yeah. And every testimony you heard about the person, oh, they'd give you the shirt off their back. Oh, they were always helping out. They were always, you know, checking in to see if I was okay. These are the people that we miss when they're gone because there's love coming out of them. Yeah. Because they love and serve. And we don't always feel like doing that. Right. And it's okay to do something you don't feel like doing. Yeah. That's not being hypocritical. Uh, In many cases, that's being loving. And it's making a choice. That's why we have free choice. Making a good choice. I see there's a good thing to do here, and I'm going to do it, even though it doesn't, it's not exactly something that excites me, but I'm going to do it. And it will have its own reward, and it will have a blessing to that person or to that situation. You know, another way, Will, that occurs to me, kind of a corollary to what you said about doing good when you don't feel like it, is also persevering when you don't feel like it. Mm, And I think of so many times in my spiritual journey where I was just, you know, you just want out sometimes or it's it's too much. There's this great text in the Bible that says, God will not give you more than you can bear. And I can't tell you, Will, how many people, and I'm sure you've had this, have come to me saying, Pastor, this is too much. God is giving me more than I can bear. I can't take another thing and I'm I'm overwhelmed. And then I simply watch them get through it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even though they yeah. told me, it was, I cannot bear it. I will never make it through this. I can't do it. And yet God gets them through it. And yes. in my own life, I've had many experiences like that with a divorce and different things where I just felt like I can't do this. I, I want anything but to go through it, anything but to move forward. I just want to retreat. I want to, I want to shortcut it. I want to get around it. I want to go to the side, left, right, dodge it, something. Yeah. But I have never regretted just going through it, going straight through it, because that's the path. Well, and that's, that's why spirituality is so important, is that without that inner resource, if we're dependent on outward circumstances, eventually the outer world will take us down. Yeah. And, and actually, it probably doesn't take it too long to take us right. down <laughs> if we don't have that inner reserve of spiritual resource. If you want to be inspired kind of along these lines, I remember a long time ago watching a great documentary by Ken Burns about the Lewis and Clark trip west. And and just that moment of overwhelming despair when they ran into the Rocky Mountains. Surprise! And realized their canoes weren't going to do them any good <laughs> at this point. Yeah, and and the the human the, the power of the human spirit to overcome a fifteen you know fourteen fifteen thousand foot obstacle yeah like they did uh, just it's just unbelievable yeah so you know we all have that within us because it's given to us by God for sure and and God is the power that keeps us going when we want to quit and then there's other ways that spirituality helps us along the same vein where we are able to apologize even when we, every fiber of our being doesn't want to. Well, and that can be the mountains in your metaphor with Lewis and Clark. Yes, yes. There are times where the biggest obstacle in our life is to admit we're wrong. Yes. Is to admit we really screwed up. Is to admit to someone who probably was also wrong. 
Yes. That's what makes it hard. <laughs> and you want them to apologize first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But can you apologize? Can you admit you're wrong? Can you ask forgiveness even if the other wrong person doesn't? I mean, that's huge. That's like those mountains trying to, that's an obstacle uh, that can be really challenging to our spiritual growth. And it, it goes right along with this is just admitting our faults, showing up with humility, mm-hmm. having taking this softer approach in relationships. To me, I give all the credit. And whenever I've done one of those behaviors, Rick, I believe it's God. Yeah. I, I just don't <laughs> see that coming from my self. No. Uh, I see that coming, you know, from a spiritual place within me. Um, and I, I'd probably call it the Holy Spirit coming yeah. from the Holy Spirit within me that prompts me. I remember I, I, I remember these moments where I was in an argument with my wife late at night, laying there in the bed, and I'm like, I'm wise enough to just stop and, and like pray in my mind, right? Just for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's like the Holy Spirit saying, just apologize. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Just own your stuff, Will. Don't blame her for hers. Just own yours. Yeah. And then let it go where it's going to go. And then, then there's this piece of me that's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm fighting it. I don't want to do it. And then I know, like, this is the only way. Yeah. This is the only way that's going to come out good. And when I finally surrender and give in and say, all right, I'm sorry. Here's my part of this. And I own it. Guess what? Then it works out. Yeah. Then that challenging conversation comes to a peaceful and positive resolution. And I think even more than that, it releases a power, a divine power when you do that. There's a divine power that lets this energy flow into the relationship and and healing can occur. And and you you can take your relationship to new places, sometimes not by being the greatest husband, but by admitting you're not the greatest. Yes, yes, abso- absolutely. <laughs> Counterintuitive absolutely. at times, but very powerful. So, Rick, we, I think, hopefully, have convinced our listeners at this point of how important spirituality is. Let's get into the practical aspects here with just the few minutes that we have left. What practices help you see the results of spirituality in your life? So, Rick, what's good for you? You know, Will... Um, Anybody who's listened to this podcast uh, will know that, you know, I love being in nature. I love taking time apart, quiet time. I love listening for God. I think a lot of times we spend our time talking, but we don't listen. We don't pay attention to the little quiet, still small voice that the Bible talks about. But, you know, the one I want to leave our listeners with today, I just feel like God or the Spirit has been bringing it to my mind Uh, more and more here in the last few weeks. And it's this concept of letting go. Mm. Yes. And that's a spiritual practice that you can apply in almost every situation. (laughs) In almost everything that happens, there's a piece or something you probably need to let go of. It's something about what's happening or some little uh, issue that you have or some little anger or frustration or anxiety And those have just been the words in my head, let it go, let it go. How do I just let the emotions, let the events, let them just pass through me, experience them, be honest with them, 
but I don't have to cling to them and try to fix them, manipulate them, torque them, you know, tell some sort of story about them. All the things that I'm prone to do to get all worked up about stuff. How can I just joyfully in my spiritual inner journey, just go with the flow of where God is leading every day, where the spirit is leading every day and not get caught in these places where I cling to something. Well, Rick, one of the uh, disadvantages of having let you go first there is that you stole mine because uh, <laughs> I was going to talk about letting go as well. <laughs> well, we're but, on the same journey. But here's I'm going to add to what you've said, and that is, you know, when I was first learning how to play the piano, play the keyboard, I had to learn these little scales, you know, yep. just playing five notes, you know, line my hand up and play the five notes up and then down and... And, you know, I really wasn't making music then, but I was learning how to make music. Yes. I was doing what I was capable of so that I would build my piano muscles so that I would be, be capable of more the next time. Yeah. So I'd love to share his practices because this is something our listeners can do and it's something I've started doing every day throughout the day. It's what I would call the low-hanging fruit the scales, the beginning steps of letting things go, which is learning to genuinely trust God. It's learning to enter into a spiritual space instead of being stuck in this, everything has to go the way I want it to space. Yeah, I like that. So first low-hanging fruit is the weather. There's absolutely nothing you can do to change the weather. And the other night, uh, my church went and we did a picnic and we just finished eating, thunderstorm came out of nowhere, we got rained out. And uh, I could have been very upset. Oh, the picnic got cut short. Oh, the weather. Uh. Yeah. No, it, the weather is the weather. There's nothing <laughs> I can do to change it. Yeah. When I start with just accepting it, boom, point blank. I can't change it. There's no, nothing gained by being upset about it, by complaining yeah. about it. Just accept and move on with other things. And, and then the second one is the slow driver in front of me. <laughs> I'm learning to thank God for the slow driver in front of me. I could be angry about it because it always happens when I'm in a hurry, of yep. course, <laughs> you know, and, and I feel myself getting irritated. And if there's two lanes, it's not necessarily more spiritual to stay behind the slow driver and suffer. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's okay to pass them if you're driving safely. But the point is, that's this outward thing, has nothing to do with me, it happens to me, and if I can let it go, I'm in a better space. For me, that's one way growth happens on a, on a regular basis. I, absolutely, I think that's the main way. And to our listeners, I wanna challenge them, don't you want to be happy, at peace, have that love and joy at all times? Because that's what we're talking about here. And so all these little things that happen to annoy us, irritate us, that get in our way, they're the path. They're yep. what's leading us back to God, back to that, that place. And one of my favorite passages in the Bible says that he is bringing us into a spacious place. Hmm. Yes. And I, I just love that imagery, that feeling. It's a feeling for me. How do I get into that spacious place where even if I'm behind the slow driver, 
I'm not behind the slow driver. I'm in this spacious place mm-hmm. in the kingdom of God. And I can find a million other things to think about and enjoy and praise God for and be grateful for, or just to remind myself that I am loved and everything is fine. And I'll get there when I get there. I'll get there at the right time, whatever that right time is going to be. (laughs) Yeah, I, I love that, Rick. And just these simple practices start leading me into this spacious place like you're talking about, Rick. They mm-hmm. lead me to this internal state where I can take a few deep breaths and let what's already happened be the way it is. Yeah. And then come to clarity as to what I need to do next. And the last thing I want to say as a spiritual practice is to find a place to do this with friends. Mm. Just as we said in our very first episode on physical fitness, Sometimes the best way to get physical fit is to do it with friends, to have a partner, to go running with someone, to go biking with someone, to join a class, to have a fitness instructor that can help you along the way. The same in the spiritual. Find a group, a small group, a church, a whatever that you can be around other people on this journey because they will help inspire you, encourage you. I don't even think you can kind of quantify the value of having those friends or that group to be part of. I think it's really important and really encouraging and inspiring. Rick, I think you wrapped it up perfectly there. And it's kind of sad to say, but this brings our summer fitness series to a close. Well, this does conclude our summer fitness series, but on our next episode, a bonus episode, we'll have a personal friend of mine. He's a trainer. He will be a lot of fun, my friend Darnell, and we'll have him on to talk about how to get fit holistically. And I know it'll be a fun conversation, so you won't want to miss that. Yes, yes. And, and Darnell has been one of our Spartan buddies. We've done yes. a couple Spartan races with him. So I can't wait, Rick, to, to hear what he has to say. That's an exciting way to kind of keep this going. This kind of concludes our, our set series, but we thought it would be really a lot of fun to add that bonus episode. Yeah. So thank you, everyone, for joining us for this season. We hope that you have found this information beneficial and that it can be the summer that you've gotten the most fit you've ever been. So for now, you've been listening to Dr. Will Johns and me, Dr. Rick Johns. We'll look forward to being with you in our next bonus episode. This concludes our series on summer fitness. We're looking forward to joining you again with a brand new series coming in the fall. We're going to be talking about the Enneagram. Now, many of you have heard that term before, but you may not be familiar with everything that it teaches about our personality types and what we can learn about ourselves from this powerful ancient tool called the Enneagram and what it teaches about our personality type. Very excited to bring you that series coming sometime this fall.